Hi everyone, it's Charles here from the GHFC with podcast number 10. Now today I'd just like to share with you some excerpts from previous GHFC blogs as, as published in our books of blogs. So to begin with, let's just go back to July 2018 to a blog entitled Don't Let Your Inner Voice Define You. Now, the more I research this topic, the more complex it becomes. Like all things, it is a two-sided coin. On the one side, suggesting that the inner voice is the one that provides our emancipation, allowing us to be uh, who we want to be when we want to be it. The flip side, intimating that the inner voice is one that provides us with egotistical view on life, purporting, I think, therefore, I am. Uh, with many thanks to Descartes. Uh, okay, let's put that debate to one side, if only for the reason that it appears to revolve around irregular outbursts from the inner voice, as opposed to a constant chatter babbling away in between and during our social, professional and downtime activities. I'm sure that I'm not alone when I put up my hand to say that my inner voice knows no bounds never gets a cold, a sore throat or the flu. It's always there, jabbering away. As my mum always says, like a child with a verbal diarrhoea. Now, I should make it very clear that the voice is not directing me to commit an act of social depravity, uh, an atrocity, or even a heinous crime. It is, however, consistently undermining my self-esteem and character for the most part, causing me to second-guess myself, while my self-confidence shatters like glass all around me. Now, up until 2004, I thought everyone struggled with their own inner voice. Those who had what was often referred to as strong internal fortitude won out, whereas others, like me, just battled on developing strategies to shut the voice up such as talking too much uh, to ourselves, pursuing um, active, often hectic social lives, immersing ourselves in tasks of long bouts of concentration, reading books, magazines and newspapers, anything to switch that damn voice off. Now, post-2004, I became acutely aware that although not everyone has the voice inside their head, many people do. The difference not being their internal fortitude, inner strength, charisma, extroversion or good looks. It was their brain and associated grasp of the need for mental health well-being. These people knew it was not right or healthy to constantly put up with this painful internal chatter. Just like with an ongoing toothache, headache a sore foot or an aching back. They sought out their dentist, GPO, orthopedist, etc. They talked about it. They got it looked at. Then they got it fixed. By the way, in 2004, I had my first breakdown as a direct result of anxiety manifest manifesting itself as clinical depression. Throughout the expert endeavours of my GP, psychologist and employer at the time, I was able to recover to the point where I could once again function and contribute. From then on, the sincere support of family and friends has enabled me to keep on track. That and my firm belief in realistic optimism. The voice is still there. However, so am I, now being forearmed with strategies to cope with it.
Sometimes the voice is too strong and overpowering, at which point I lapse back into pre-2004 mode. However, not in silence. My family are made aware, my GP is made aware, my psychologist is made aware, and between us becoming a force terrible for the voice. One could even go as far as to say, putting it back in its box. Excuse the pun. Those who know me also know that since 2004, I have had two more anxiety-related breakdowns, one in 2011 and the most recent in 2017. Neither was as big or as debilitating as the first, however, both knocked the stuffing out of me and out of those who care about me. The headline states, don't let your inner voice define you. If your takeaway from this blog is that providing you have the motivation to talk about, to communicate, to communicate about, to share with others, then no matter how disruptive your inner voice is, one thing it cannot compete with is multiple voices talking back. I hope this helps others experiencing long, medium or even short-term conflict with their internal voice. Please don't wait until you have your own 2004 experience in which to act. Well, then in December 2018, I uh, had the wonderful opportunity to attend a charitable lunch, hearing from the chair of Are You OK, Mike Conahan. Mike began with a brilliant, if not emotional, summary as to the initial foundation of RUOK, combined with their excellent achievements in raising awareness at all levels of the community, business and government. The underlying theme being to simply start a conversation with the words, Are you OK? Hence the now famous acronym, Are you OK? Mike, sorry, um, are You OK? is our National Day of Action, dedicated to reminding everyone to ask, Are You OK? And to remember every day of the year to support people who may be struggling with ups and downs. On Are You OK? Day, we're encouraging everyone to trust the signs, trust your gut and ask, Are You OK? We want everyone to feel confident that they know the signs. Someone might need support by listening to what they're saying seeing what they're doing or knowing what's going on in their life. So whenever you notice a change, no matter how small, we want you to trust your gut and start an Are You OK? conversation. Mike then became most insightful, posing the question that uh, all guest presents undoubtedly wanted to ask. So what happens when I start the conversation and the reply is, well, no, I'm not OK. To which Mike advised, the team at Are You OK? came up with another very powerful uh, acronym, ALEC, uh, which he went on to explain refers to ask, listen, encourage action and check in. ALEC. A very simple process, yet so remarkably effective. And now we go to um, blog number three uh, for this. This is in January 2019. Um, and it was, do you, ha do you ever have days when everything feels not very okay at all? By A.A. A. Milne. So we know the GHFC forum is all about sharing courageous stories, coping strategies, anecdotes and positive reflections. Well, here's, here's one. Do you ever have days when... Everything feels not very okay at all. 
You don't even know why you feel not very okay at all. You just know that you do. Piglet nodded his head sagely. Oh, yes. I definitely have those days. Really? said Pooh in surprise. I would never have thought that. You always seem so happy, like you've got everything in life all sorted out. Ah, said Piglet. Well, well, here's the thing. There are two things that you need to know. The first is that even those pigs and bears and people who seem to have got everything in life all sorted out, they probably haven't. Actually, everyone has days when they feel not very okay at all. Some people are just better at hiding it than others. And the second thing you need to know is that it's okay to feel not very okay at all. It can be quite normal, in fact, and all you need to do on those days when you feel not very okay at all is come and find me and tell me. Don't ever feel like you have to hide the fact you're feeling not very okay at all. Always come and tell me, because I always will be there. So some great some great insights there from Piglet and Pooh by A. A. Milne. And finally, this segues into the following contribution about the Black Dog Institute from July 2019. The Black Dog Institute was founded in 2002 and is internationally recognised as a pioneer in the identification, prevention and treatment of mental illness and the promotion of well-being, aiming to improve the lives of people affected by mental illness through the rapid translation of high-quality research into improved clinical treatments, increased access to mental health services and delivery of long-term public health solutions. Our unique approach incorporates clinical services with our cutting-edge research, health professional training and community education programs. We combine expertise in clinical management with innovative research to develop new and more effective strategies for people living with mental illness. We also place emphasis on teaching people to recognise the symptoms of poor mental health in themselves and others, as well as providing psychological tools to hold the black dog at bay. We work directly in all parts of the community as well as guiding the development of new and improved policy. We place focus on those with specific mental health needs like young people, indigenous communities, men and high-risk workforces. Our primary areas of mental health research and treatment include depression, bipolar disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, workplace mental health, adolescence and young people, suicide prevention, e-mental health and positive psychology and well-being. So as you can see they are all very valuable uh, insights that appear in the GHFC books of, of blogs um, and you can find links to both the RUOK organisation and to the Black Dog Institute as well as Beyond Blue and Lifeline uh, on our Podbean podcast webpage. Okay, look, I hope you enjoyed these snippets from the past. Uh, With many thanks once again for listening. In the meantime, stay mentally well. Best regards, Charles at the GHFC.